what the hell are you doing? Stretching. <laughs> Dude, I... All right. So I, I, I got a note on that, actually. I, I think, and maybe you can confirm this, you know, being your much greater years of wisdom than mine. I think I've finally reached that point of getting old. So I was out in the garage, well, in front of the garage all night working on Pegasus last night. I feel like I got hit by a truck today. And I was sitting in the living room. I stood up, stretched to go get ready to head over here tonight. And felt like I was going to pass out. <laughs> you know, there's these <laughs> these people that spend a ton of money going to school. Mm-hmm. Just a ton. Um, student loan debt up to their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And, but they're very educated. Okay. Talking like teachers or professors and or you could probably talk to one of them. Mm. They're called doctors. I've heard of them. Yeah. So yeah, I take my dog there. Well, oh, I used to. Well, maybe one of those <laughs> could talk to you about these problems you're having because. Nah. I think that was more or less I just stood up really fast and got a little light. <laughs> John, 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 John. Well, John. the feeling like a tr- hit by a truck part is that, I mean, that was just, it was a long night. But I got everything in there. I had to have my dad come help me with four bolts. I just I can't reach both sides of the vehicle to get those four. But yeah, ever, otherwise everything I got everything done on it last night, but one stupid bolt that I had to replace and I forgot to order. I'm so. not going to attribute it to getting <laughs> old, maybe being a little out of shape. Yeah, there's uh, that too. And you know. You know, age probably is a factor a little bit, but out of shape, and then of course, like you said, working late and things like yeah, that. I know it was this. Cold. This last oh, the cold. That's what yeah. I was going to say too. This cold this week has been getting more and more bitter. I ache all over. I've only been getting about five hours of sleep each night, so that's more than me. I've been yeah. averaging about well, about four to five. Hmm. So I just the other night just to- I I was tossing and turning so much in my sleep, my watch came off. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I did not sleep well that night. No. So, yeah. But on the plus side, uh, Pegasus is running again. Okay. I got the bolt I needed on the way here. So I'll have that in either tonight or tomorrow. And uh, pending a good test drive, she's done. So by episode 45, uh, of course, this is episode 44, you're going to have some Hopefully information have it here. for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There'll, there'll be. I, I might do an update on the 4x4 talk on it, but... I didn't really get a lot of pictures of reassembly. Okay. So. You'll get there. Yeah, maybe eventually. I'll get there. I, I've definitely learned that transjack's too big, though. That yeah. thing's a headache. It was a good deal, though. So. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's just so, a little too heavy duty. Speaking of episode 44, you want to talk about some Dana 44s today? I suppose we could, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up, here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe that banter would have worked, I'm not sure, John. Um <laughs> That was that was the most pointless conversation we just had about you clicking a glass. Uh, anyways, episode forty-four here. We already told our listeners last week that we are going to talk about the Dana forty-four, which you have probably you've been really good at these notes lately. <laughs> you have probably more notes than you have done for any other thing. I think you might even have any more notes than you did for the international episode. Uh, maybe on that one, but a couple episodes ago, I had a lot. Did you? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, they're mostly tech specs or year ranges on different manufacturer vehicles. But okay. So we'll we'll see how it works out. <laughs> well, all right. Let me. I don't want to say this is a disclaimer because it's not really a disclaimer. It's more of a. <clears throat> excuse me. What What do you call that when you a disclosure? Ah, a a yes. disclosure. I. And prejudice against the Dana 44 axle. Oh. As we said back in episode 30, and if you're a listener, if we've only been listening to us for a while, 
episode 30, we talked about the Dana 30 axle, which mm-hmm. is the most common front axle used in vehicles that are used off-road. So Jeeps and Broncos and mm-hmm. things like that. Of course, I, I think maybe at this point, and I don't actually have numbers on it unless you have somewhere, uh, the Dana 60, they may have used more of them now with the Super Duty line of trucks. I have no idea. I, I'm not sure you know how many millions, you know, yeah. more or less. But <laughs> the Dana 30, of course, is still produced in the Jeep line. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's still the king of the front axles for production numbers. You know, I would say good bet. <laughs> but anyways, as we discussed, if if you're really interested in hearing kind of the differences and the pros and cons between a 30 and a Dana 44, uh, go back and listen to episode 30. Like I said, my prejudice comes out into that because the Jeep or the Dana 30, which is primarily used in Jeeps, mm-hmm. can be built to the strength of a Dana 44. So that's why I've always thought of the Dana 44 as kind of a useless axle until you step up, but it has its place. It yeah. definitely has its place. We've touched on it a little bit, like mm-hmm. in the Mahindra episode a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the Dana 44 is has been used for many, many years. It's very, very common in the off-road world. At mm-hmm. one point, it was considered the big axle until the Dana 60 really became affordable. Yeah. So you've got a lot of information there. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with where this thing popped out? Uh, you know, when, when it started? What, what's your? Where do you want to start with talking about Dana 44s, John? I can't even fathom a guess. I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the boards. I mean, it started in the 40s, and they're still using them now. I mean, it's something that's been around a long, long time. Now, you were saying to me that the 44 came out in a rear application first. Is that is that what you said? Uh, the earliest in the notes that I found was in a 48 CJ in a rear axle. That sounds correct to me. Yeah, I, I didn't. The front didn't really specify, I don't believe. I asked. Uh, first saw use in the 50s. For a front axle. Yeah. So I guess there's probably, I mean, it may have been some overlap in it. I I don't know on that. <laughs> so the so the Dana forty four we already said before the Dana thirty originally came out didn't we say in the Scout or was it the Bronco just before the Scout and then the Jeep like four months later or something like that I don't remember on that at all to be perfectly it, honest <laughs> yeah it's been a while now we yeah. had done the research back then I know it was in the mid sixties where. Uh, the Bronco, the Scout, and the Jeep all received Dana 30 front axles within a very short time of each other. I'm trying to think of the earliest one I know of that had it. It was either I know it was either the Bronco or the Scout got yeah. the Dana 30. And so I guess I kind it of it might have been the Scout. Yeah, I don't know why, but I want to say it was the Scout from the international episode. Yeah. We can always make a correction there in the future. Yeah, but going back to talking about that, I thought the. Dana 30 would have been prior to the Dana 44, but you're telling me that the Dana 44 in a front axle application predates the Dana 30. You're saying uh, the 50s. According to this, yeah. Well, it Money, was, that's information on the internet. That's not always accurate. <laughs> I, wait, what? You're well, telling me the internet's not 100% accurate and true all the time? Well, yeah. I mean, there's aliens everywhere. We all know that's true. Well, of course. I mean, you know. When I watch the X-Files, I know what's out there. Yeah. I do believe. <laughs> oh, man. I just got to watch the new episodes. I love it. Anyway. The, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think you're correct. I think the 44 front was seen in the four-wheel drive, the factory four-wheel drive Fords that came out mm-hmm. around 58 or so. Is I, think that, I, I might double-check that on the break because it's starting to bug me now. It's starting to bug you. So we'll, yeah. we'll look into that. <laughs> well, anyways... I'm pretty sure the 44 front came out before the Dana 30. Of course, those early Dana 44 fronts were going to be your uh, closed knuckle, you know, your ball and socket mm-hmm. with the drum brakes. Not real desirable stuff for today's off-roader. Yeah. But what you're saying is it has a heritage because the Dana 44 is still in production today, just like the Dana 60 and the Dana 30 are. Yeah. So, you know, it goes way, way back. And I know you're, you've got a ton of notes there. <laughs> you're kind of looking around. Um, I'm just skimming over other, see what's good information we got up here. Okay. You know, here's here's my thing about the Dana 44, then, mm-hmm. while you're skimming your information. Like I said, I, I've always thought of it kind of being a middle-of-the-ground axle. Mm-hmm. 
because the Dana 60 became affordable and it's so much stronger in a stock form than Dana 44. But the Dana 44 still is a fairly lightweight front axle. I don't know if you have much, and rear axle, I don't know if you have much on numbers there for Uh, for like weight ratings or anything like that. Got a torque output. <laughs> torque. Well, what are they? What I are they? I gotta rated? get better at organizing these. That's all right. What are they? Organ- <laughs> what are they rated at for a torque? Uh, is it torque shear? Is that what you have them? Uh, momentary output torque in foot pounds. So that that's basically the max torque that you can apply to this. Yeah. This axle. What, what do you have on the Dana Forty Four? Is it? Is so it- I've got it for a low pinion, a high pinion, and then there's the low pinion eight point nine inch. Okay. Which was uh, just kind of an oddball one, I guess. Okay. So the low pinion, you're looking at 3,460 foot-pounds. Okay. The high, you're looking at 4,170. And then this low pinion 8.9 inch, which is listed as in a 32 spline, is 5,340. So quite a bit stronger than the other ones. Okay. And if, if memory serves me correct, the Dana 60... Uh, low pinions around 6,500 foot-pounds. So Sounds about right. Yeah, the... So the Dana 44 is, you know, if you've messed with the Dana 60 or a Dana 30, it's it's obviously kind of between the two. Yeah. But the Dana 44, what received later in life, the 30 spline axle shafts, of course, in the front application disc brakes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, without getting into confusing about it and sitting there and running down a list and saying it was used in this vehicle, this vehicle, this vehicle, <laughs> this vehicle. Yeah. I think the point is the Dana 44 has been used in every domestic. Well, has it ever been used in a GM product? Yes. I have it a has. whole page on that somewhere. Uh, that... Right here. Uh, Blazers. Oh, d- d- <laughs> yeah, the half ton. Half ton K20. Uh, some 77 K, uh, K5 Blazers came with it in the front. And then with a 10-bolt. Oh, wow. Some of them had a 10-bolt front axle. That I, was, I didn't that know was, that. That was later on. Um, hmm. That's what replaced the Dana 44 front. Yeah. So the Dana 44 has been used in all of the U.S. domestic vehicles. Oh, yeah. It has been used, uh, big three. It's been used also in Isuzu's and Nissan, Mitsubishi, Jaguar. All you know, (laughs) so it's it's a very versatile axle, you know, platform. Very common swaps in a lot of the off-road vehicles too. One of the beauties of the Dana Forty Four, at least for say a front axle, is that it has the modern ones has the 30 spline axle shafts mm-hmm. which are essentially the same as a Dana 60 rear in most applications okay so but it's a it's a smaller ring and pinion yeah so it has better ground clearance in the front but it still has the axle shaft strength of a rear Dana 60 yeah i would imagine it's significantly lighter weight too yes <laughs> yes you save a lot of <laughs> those 60s are stupid heavy <laughs> and you know, with all these different applications that you could get a Dana 44 in, mm-hmm. pretty much whatever you're building, whether it's got a driver drop axle, a passenger drop axle, uh, you know, if it's a narrow trail width vehicle, a wide width vehicle, mm-hmm. there's a Dana 44 in a factory application. Oh, yeah. And some variant that you can use. Even the wheel bolt pattern. Oh, yeah. They've, they've used... Probably a dozen different wheel bolt patterns. Mm-hmm. On it. Nice thing too; it's a lot easier option for front locking hubs. Try to do that on a Dana Thirty. They make kits to do it, but you're paying through the nose for some of those kits. Correct. The aftermarket ones. This you can probably pick up this axle for less than half the cost of those kits. Yes, if not cheaper. <laughs> and then just, I mean, a simple swap kit, and you're done. Yeah, the older Dana 44s now, like the the JK Dana 44s mm-hmm. and the newer and the TJ Dana 44s that were in the Rubicons. And those, Saharas. Those, what's that? And Saharas. Yes. There are options on, I think it was the Sport and the Sahara, they were options. Not as a front axle for no, rear, as axle, rear. rear yeah. axle. But for the front axle, <clears throat> just commenting on your locking hub thing. Yeah. Once they went to a unit bearing design. Yeah, not so easy. Exactly. That's where you need those aftermarket kits. Yeah. I, I looked at one once and it was... I mean, it was worth it to get it. It was a good price, but the aftermarket support for some of the parts in it was, eh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and that's that's where the point that I made before about the Dana 44 is where 
if you're going to try to build, quote unquote, build an axle, mm-hmm. because the parts are very similarly priced, if you're, say, building a Dana 44 versus yeah. building a Dana 60, mm-hmm. you're better off taking the money that you would have oh, yeah. built the Dana 44 and stepped it up and just put it into a stock 60. Yeah. Absolutely. That's kind of my point. But, you know, the Dana 44 has its place. Oh, yeah. Especially in my mind, if you are putting it into something where it's darn near a bolt-in. I know looking at some of your notes, like, for example, the MJ Cherokee. Mm -hmm. Do you remember from your notes, uh, the MJ Cherokee, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm saying Cherokee, the MJ Comanche, Mm -hmm. the, the Jeep truck. You, in what your note, it? It, well, in your yeah. notes, it mentioned you could get a Dana forty four rear. Yeah, yeah, that was common in those and the uh, the XJ Cherokees. Well, it's more common in the Comanches than it really? than it was. That I didn't know. Yeah, in the Cherokees, and and hmm. it's it's still uncommon in both. Yeah, I know it's not common. It was an option that just didn't see a lot of use. I don't, I don't remember the exact combo that it came with. If it was something with a towing package, wasn't it? It was a heavier towing package. Yeah, and I just know there's not a lot out there, and it's oddly an extremely desirable axle. Well, the reason is because it is a direct bolt-in for the Dana 35 yeah, C-clip axle, sense. which was kind of a, I don't want to say a garbage axle, but it was I'll very... i the it, garbage it, axle. A garbage <laughs> axle. It's a weak axle. Yeah. You could take a an MJ or an XJ you know, Dana 44 rear, and you mm. can put it into your XJ or MJ oh, yeah, that didn't have one originally. Yeah. So nice upgrade there. Absolutely. It, you can even use that same rear axle to swap into, say, a Ford Ranger or a mm-hmm. Bronco 2 because the width is the same and the bolt pattern's the same, the wheel bolt pattern. Isn't it a spring under, spring over thing, though, with those? Well, there is. So, like, the, the MJ has a spring over over if i remember that correct. and the xj should both be uh okay uh, uh one yeah, spring over so. one spring under yeah May, so what's now. the xj is the xj spring over in the rear i'll be honest i don't remember because we made it that on mine but okay. i i don't remember if we had to do that or not okay i remember dragging an axle over springs Wow, well, I feel so like long. an idiot. We, I haven't, we haven't worked on an XJ in long in, in a long enough time, not, not, or too long. Not a, time. a stock one, anyway. No, but you know, it's oh, spring, even even too. just straight changing some spring purchase. Yeah, that that's the nice thing with the leaf springs. It's so easy to swap them. Yeah, you've got two perches and shock mounts. You got to figure out, and half the time you can incorporate those with your U bolt plates. Yep, it's amazing. I, I love it. They're so simple to do. So, so basically, what we're saying in that platform, it makes sense to bolt one in. Absolutely. Same thing with the early Broncos. Yeah. The first half of the early Broncos had a Dana 30 front axle. Mm-hmm. You can take a later Bronco Dana 44 front axle, and it's a direct bolt-in to replace nice. the Dana 30 drum brake front axle. Nice. So, you know, here, you know, does it make sense to Put a Dana 60. Maybe if you're going to hardcore wheeling at that point, sure. But if you're doing a, you know, just a stock build and you want to upgrade yeah, your brakes. a little bit Yeah. Yeah. Bigger little, tires, but you still want it street friendly. Direct bolt-in. Yeah. And if it's a little bit of a budget thing, I mean, you can probably get those a little cheaper than a Dana 60, I would think. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I think it's probably time to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about some 4x4 news and stuff, and then we can Sounds go back good. into talking about some Dana 44s. Sounds good. We'll see you in a bit. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those, two. Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts. They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. So you said you have some 4x4 news for us. I mean, I already kind of shared my little piece. That was really all I had. Um, you know, nothing from the aspect of, say, thin line off-road slash, 
you know, my dealings with vehicles. Besides, mm. I got to do a little more urban wheeling the other day with Project Excursion. Nice. I was on a job site just outside, in basically downtown Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, they were redoing uh, this museum that's down there. And behind the museum, they we had to park in this you know kind of lot where some maybe old houses used to be. Mm-hmm. I had to put up four wheel drive and. It was nice. it was pretty muddy and you know it was, that it was, sounds like fun. It, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> straight up like a trail ride or yeah. anything, of course. But that little bit of brightness in the day to make it a better day. Though. It was, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that was the icing on the cake to finally bring Project Excursion back and give her a detail job last <laughs> night because it had a lot of mud on her and the inside from a couple of my job sites was mm. just full of concrete dust. Yeah, mine wasn't that bad, but I, I realized last night, after, like I said, I got it all put together and I got it started. It hasn't run in a while, so there's the normal, you know, rattles and shakes that a mm-hmm. diesel makes when it's been sitting for a couple of weeks. And then I realized how much crap I've been storing in there in the meantime. Yeah. So as long as the test drive goes good, uh, I'm going to clean it out. It's, there you it's go. way, way, way overdue. Well, uh, so, yeah. you know, museum uh, minutes, we haven't had too much going on with the museum, mm-hmm. but uh, for the podcast itself, we're still figuring out what we're going to do, especially now that we're doing our YouTube thing, mm-hmm. uh, eventually having a studio and being a little bit different platform mm-hmm. from just you and I looking at each other, maybe looking at the camera. I do it from time to time. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. But I can't uh, stand staring at you that long. You had sent me that Facebook market <laughs> nice. You had sent me that Facebook marketplace ad. Oh yeah. Um about all that acoustical foam. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously, uh, you know, you and I you already know what happened, yeah. but I I, <laughs> I called up and you know got talking to the guy about it. He had basically an entire pickup truck load full of acoustical foam mm-hmm. for a studio. Nice. And he had gotten it from his job. They actually had been using it as a sound dampener nice. for some machine shop thing. Mm-hmm. He had gotten it, and he was using <coughs> Pardon me. That came out of nowhere. He was using it for his... He does his own YouTube show. Okay. And he only needed like a little bit. He didn't realize how much came with the deal that he got. I didn't realize how much there was either. <laughs> yeah, so we got the rest of it from for just awesome. a, and he gave us a smoking deal. Uh, the YouTuber, if anybody's interested out there, I, I don't know if we have listeners that are into BMX bikes and say uh, God, I remember that in high school and that was a huge thing. <laughs> some people are still into them. Yeah. Um, if you're into riding them, jumping them, if you're into even just maintaining them. Uh, the the guy's YouTube channel is Dougie's Life, uh, D O U G I E S, and then Life, Dougie's Life, and apparently he has a fairly popular YouTube channel. Cool. He's uh, about thirty miles north of us here, and he does all the stuff with BMXs. And you know, went out, talked to him, told him about a little bit about what we're doing, mm-hmm. and he just completely slashed his asking price down to almost a basically giving it away for nothing you know just gave us a smoke and smoking deal on all this acoustical foam just get it out of the place greatly appreciated if you're watching this thank you sir um shout out there to dougie's life like i said if you're if you're a wheeling listener and you're into the bmx stuff you know me i was into it 20 years ago these days not so much i'd probably kill myself on one of those things i I have ridden bikes but i usually prefer four wheels do you ever do that you ever do like the ramps and the jumping and stuff not on a bike, no. Well, see, I um, believe to... it or not, and everybody gives me issues about this. I actually used to skateboard a little bit, though, and no one believes it, but I did. Mm, I'd like to see it. I can't. I'm not even going to try anything. Oh, anymore. come on! Can we do like a fundraiser for the museum where Johnny Orange is going to like skateboard or something? Depends. You can have EMS there because we're probably going to need it. Well, wait a minute. Maybe we could do like this. We could have like Dougie from Dougie's Live. We could have Dougie and you like you could skateboard. You could be. We have you guys race or something. Uh, well, the last time get into time, the tubes or something. The last time I did it, uh, my cousin and I were at a skate park, and my board has a crack through the half the tail. Oh, so I'd have to put some money into some new stuff, dude. I got I, I got a whole it. box of drywall screws out in the truck. We can just start screwing that thing together. Some tape. I don't know if that's gonna work, man. <laughs> oh, all right. Besides, all right. that's got to carry me. We're gonna need some heavy duty wood. <laughs> okay, all right. 
So no race in a couple of years, maybe when some of this is gone. No race, Mister Dougie, right now. Not so. yet, not yet. No. All right, no, that would be a very bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back so. back to our topic on hand. Well, while we're off topic, I want to bring this up. <laughs> What's that? So none of these folks out there identified your tattoo. They did not, not yet. No, no, we didn't have that, and of course. Uh, we didn't put an end to the challenge, but typically no. our rules have always been that if nobody comes up with it by the time the next episode airs, mm-hmm. that, you know. Well, I know we forgot to mention it from one or two episodes, so why don't we show them one more time, give them one more week? You you want me to, to do this shirtless <laughs> thing again? No. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. all right, all right, all right. No, I want to keep my dinner done. So, all right, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna do this. I am going to show a tattoo. Hopefully the... YouTube listeners here can see it. Okay. And <laughs> um, once again, that tattoo comes from, or, or we want to know where, it, I, I would try to start book this. it's from. I, did, did we tell them last time? Yeah. Okay. Well, it comes <laughs> from a book. And, you know, what's the significance out there? If you know what that symbol came from, <laughs> Go to 4x4Talk. That was the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Go to 4x4Talk, post up, say Keith's tattoo came from this. Yep. And we're going to send you a t-shirt and a couple of st- decals is what we said. Yep. So, which actually, I got to talk to producer Andrew. Just today, I went digging around looking for some more museum decals, and I mm-hmm. think I might be out or running really low. So we might need some muse- I've got a couple floating around at home if okay. you need them. I, st- I still them. have some wheel and decals, and I don't know how I ran out of but I know I gave some to some museum patrons, so mm-hmm. and maybe that's why. But I'm, I'm running you know low on the museum ones for sure. Yeah. But we'll send them out anyways. And Sounds we'll, good. We'll send out some decals. But, yeah, that's that's a neat challenge. That's why you wanted to bring that out. I thought you wanted yeah. me to tell people what it was. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to figure give them one extra week because we didn't mention it to remind okay. them last time. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of our episodes in the podcast itself, uh, the, I've had a request. I don't know if it's something. It might be right up your alley, too. I mean, I know you're kind of like a Jeep slash Chrysler guy. Mm-hmm. But I know you also like Chevy products. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and we've had basically a request. We had done a one of our This Day in Off-Road History posts through the museum. Mm-hmm. And we had two different people that reached out to us and said that we should do a history episode of the 73 to 87 square body Chevy trucks. That'd be interesting. It's, it is the longest running unchanged platform of pickup truck in the United States. Mm-hmm. Where they ran the basically the exact same truck because they technically ran it through '93 in the commercial cabin chassis. Okay. So '73 to '90, you know, you're talking 20 years of an yeah. unchanged body there. You know, where you it, can interchange doors and all sorts of stuff. That's nice. <laughs> and they just made millions of those, and there's still millions of them on the road. Nice. So you know, I don't know if that's something you might be interested in doing or not. Yeah, we can do it. If there's, I, maybe the next episode, maybe not. But if, if somebody's listening and they think that we really need to talk about those square body Chevys, yeah. I happen to know a ton about them. And mm-hmm. the reason the reason I do is because my dad's pest control company, when he first started that company, mm-hmm. he bought, you know, basically a fleet of vehicles and almost all of them were square. He had like two Fords and the rest of them were all square body 80 or 73 to 87 Chevys. So that probably lasted quite a while in the fleet then. They did. And I worked (laughs) on them and there's still actually one still left in the fleet uh, today. The rest of them all been retired, but you know, a lot of those trucks had two, three, 400,000 miles on them and just gone. And, but I knew my way around them. We just, you know, that's the best way to do it. Keep it all the same. And then it's just, Borrow parts from whatever you need, one set of spares. We used to do That's that. Awesome. Our mutual buddy Jason and I, you know, mm-hmm. we could do head gaskets on a 350 Chevy in about three hours. It was really back then. Do you still possess that skill set? Yeah, probably, but not in this weather. <laughs> yeah. we, we learned a lot of real shortcuts on how to do them. Why do you need head gaskets on yours? Possibly. It's got oh. some block sealer in it that seems to be doing the job right now. Oh, but, man. Yeah, it's. It, it's a little rough. Something's up with it. We can't quite figure it out. Gotcha. So it's it's it needs to go to a Chevy guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, we can help you with it. Uh, it's not hard to do at all. There, there's figure. guys that can even <laughs> do it. I've never done it but myself. Mm-hmm. There's guys that'll do it without unbolting the intake from the heads. And they'll pull it all off as one unit with a, with a cherry picker. Interesting. I, I don't know. 
I don't yeah, I think it's work. a good idea because there are centering dolphins. I, yeah, I, don't know I wouldn't. I could see how it would work. Yeah, they rock like one side, but yeah. never done it myself. No, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> and most of those kits you get with that come with all those in your gaskets gasket anyways. All that, yeah. so. But uh, anyways, back to the Dana 44. Oh, that's what we were talking yeah, about. We yeah, were, <laughs> well, and the reason is this is episode 44. Really? Yes. Well, it means okay. we've been doing this for almost a year. Oh, wow, yeah. Episode 52 will be a year. You know what else that means? What's that? Episode 50 is coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah, was that the promise? Was a producer? By episode 50. By episode 50, all right. I think we need to do an interview with him. I think either that or we'd get him finally on to talk about the ham radios he was talking about. Yeah, we could do that. Something like a that. radio episode, maybe. Yeah, talk about like some prosciutto and some bacon and... Ooh, I like where this is going. Yeah, a nice ham radio yeah. episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see where that was going. <laughs> Anyways... Hey, look, water. Back to your Dana 44s. Um, um, you know, I've only wh- got one. What What do you you have one Dana 44 in the mm-hmm. rear of your TJ, correct? Yep. And that uh, will technically do a rear of the Commando as well. That's a Dana. I thought that was a Dana 27 or something. That's the front. Oh, that's the front. That's yeah, the, front the rear is the coarse spline, the 19 spline. Okay. Um, you know, actually, this would be a good point to talk about. You know, they, they've made. So many of those axles. Yes. But there are definitely some really good desirable ones. Mm-hmm. And there are for, say, the 4 by 4 builder. Yeah. And there's some that you just need to avoid altogether. Yeah. Every every other one in between is like, okay, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're not like the best axle ever, but they're darn good. Yeah. So... Starting out with, do you know, I know off the top of my head a number of them. Do you know, like, the best Dana 44s to get? Oh, I've talked to you about this before, and I don't remember, to be honest. Well, I know okay. the non-coarse spline, at least in the rear axles, are the better ones. So, yeah, in a rear axle application, you probably would want to be looking for something with 30 spline shafts mm-hmm. and, you know, not the old coarse spline. Yeah. Your TJ Dana 44 rear your, Those have a stupid resale value. They oh do. My God. They're, they're very stout. And they're basically a coil spring version of the MJ and XJ Dana 44 yeah. rear. Plus, they have disc brakes on them. Uh, on the Rubicon ones, yes. Oh, not on the standard TJ? No. Mine does, but I put them there. <laughs> I did a custom conversion. I took the actually all the brake parts off a Dana 35 ZJ axle. <laughs> okay. And there's some modifications to make it work, but you can do it. So all of those parts, those those or all those rear axles, basically your Jeep TJ and your ZJ. I'm sorry, not ZJ. Your Jeep MJ, which is your Comanche, and then your XJ. Any of the 44s in there are desirable 44 rears. Yeah, it, you mentioned the ZJ. That mm-hmm. is the non-desirable one. Well, yeah, I was going to go to the non. <laughs> yeah. I guess we can mention since I had a little slip there. Yeah. The ZJ Dana 44 is the aluminum housing yep. one. They tend to bend. They tend to crack. Yes. I they had, are not that good. Do you remember that um, that lifted silver ZJ I had years ago that I started putting, it had all the rotted body panels, and I replaced them all with rust-free ones? That I, I don't remember that, no. Had a had a five-inch rough country lift on it. Straight six with a rod. Remember a red one that you got some parts out of? Well, that was the parts one for my silver one. Okay. Yeah, I do now. Okay. And then I started to camel green. Yeah. 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 Well, it was a short one, though. You didn't have that one very long, if I remember. No, I I drove it for about four months, but three or four months. And part of the problem I had with that is I kept burning up passenger rear tires on that. Hmm. Ended up taking it over. And I looked at it and I I did kind of the tape measure thing. Mm hmm. And it had the aluminum 44 rear in it. Oh. And I did the tape measure thing, and it was not true. <laughs> like, so I took it over to a, a friend that has an alignment place. And I said, can mm-hmm. you take a look at this? Is this just my eyeballs off? Is the body tweaked or something? Yeah. He said, no. He goes, this axle is bent by, like, at least three quarters of an inch. <laughs> and so I talked Amazing. to him. I said, well, there's no vibration. I said, I'm going to have to go get a junkyard axle. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, you're going to have to be careful because we've ran into this before. He said he had a customer that had come into his shop and with the same issue that I had. Mm-hmm. And he said the guy brought him five different rear axles before he found one that wow. was straight. He said he would never do it again. 
And Jeez. he's the one that turned me on to. He said, there is a kit that you can buy, a well-done kit, to put a Ford 888 8.8 yep. in the rear. I remember you had that kit for a while. Yeah, so I bought well, the... You had the 8.8. That's the one that I have in the XJ now. <laughs> well, yeah, so I bought yeah. I bought the kit. I got the 8.8 out of the Explorer to mm-hmm. put in the ZJ, and then that's when the ZJ developed a rod knock, and I said, ah, I'm not putting an engine in this yeah, thing, too. Yeah, I do and, remember more of that now. Yeah, yeah. so I got, I got rid of the whole thing, but... Um, <laughs> You know, that was my my personal woes with the only ZJ I've ever owned in my yeah. entire life. I've owned one. I drove it about half a mile from my neighbor's house to my backyard and parted it out. <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's a technical guy, too. I had the red parts <laughs> yeah. one, and then I yeah. had the silver one I drove. I but. have the front drive shaft and the front tie rod from that still. Oh, okay. So, right. <laughs> that's in uh, Project XJ, Oh, actually. there you go. Um, so that that is actually probably one of the worst applications for the rear Dana 44. Yeah. And then, I think and that's the only aluminum one, too, if I'm not mistaken. It, it is, I believe it is. Uh, you also want to avoid the early rear Dana 44s, unless you're doing a vehicle-specific restoration or something mm-hmm. like that. The rear Dana 44s it's are just... It was like offset by like an inch or something, wasn't it? It depends on of some of them several inches, yeah. some of them an inch. But going back to the front axles of the Dana 44... The if you're doing like a build for say a rock crawler or something like that, and you're not looking for a direct bolt in, mm-hmm. the most desirable is the Ford high pinion Dana 44 that has true lockout hubs on it. Yeah, now that was available in both the five on five and a half wheel pattern in the F 150s. That's what I need to find, and the eight <laughs> on six and a half wheel pattern in the F 250s. Yeah, but word of caution there wait, Dana 44 in an F 250, correct, in the three quarter ton. Hmm. So, word of, <laughs> word of caution there, though. Um, in the 150s, so the 250s were all leaf springs. The eight yep. log, log ones were all leaf spring. In the, oh, one, in the 150s and in the Broncos of the 79 and older era, mm-hmm. they had the cast-in radius arms for yeah. the suspension. They were coil spring, 78 and 79. Mm-hmm. Those axles there are really good if you're swapping to another 78 or 79, or yeah. if you're not trying to narrow the axle or do anything funny with it. If you're looking for something to swap in, you want to look for a late 76 to 77 Dana 44 front because those don't have those big cast C's yeah, on them. They're welded wedges. They're welded wedges. Yeah. You can cut them that's, off. That's what I've encountered in my search for parts for the Commando. Yeah, so it's a year and a half yep. only. Year and a half only. Yeah. And that so that's like one of your your best ones. And like I, I said, there's I was a couple close. I, I found them and they were unfortunately they were kind of buried in the dirt. Mm. And guy gave me a heck of a price. So I started researching them, went back and dug one side of it out, and it was cast. It's the big cast uh, Yeah. Bummer. Well, um, I still want to talk about this because I still think there's some pros and cons, but let's okay. take a quick break and sounds we'll... good. I gotta fix this mic, it keeps dropping up. All right, sounds good, buddy. <laughs> The following is a public health alert from ABC Home and Commercial Services regarding bats. Backwano contains airborne viruses and fungi that are spread throughout the home through heating and cooling air circulation. If inhaled, it can infect your respiratory system and cause anything from flu-like symptoms up to and including death. Bats can also soil your insulation, causing thousands of dollars in replacement cost. To have them removed from your home, call ABC Home and Commercial Services at 810-794-5678. That's 810-794-5678. Uh, it's good water. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, yes. It's cold. It's refreshing. It's back, back to what we were talking about, buddy. Um, we were talking about kind of the best and the worst, and we were saying that yeah. that weird little Ford late Early seven- Bronco axles, they call them. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of something different. You're thinking of something. Well, the, yeah, the Broncos, I don't know what years of the cast. I'm talking the F-150s oh, and, oh, the Bron- oh, okay. and the full-size Broncos. Yeah, the I always understood that the early Broncos were those the good set of axles. Well, I didn't know the F-150s had a good versus bad year. Of well, the, yeah, the, cast the early Broncos were never high pinion. Ah. Those are low pinion axles. I that was considered up, that. That was up till 77. Okay, yeah. So low pinion axles obviously are slightly weaker, as you saw from the torque yeah. specs you talked yep. about earlier. The high pinion axles are a little bit stronger. That was only the full-size Broncos, which is only 78, 79. Hmm. Those are all going to be the cast Cs. 
Okay. And the 7879 F-150 is going to be the same thing unless it's the rare extended cab F-150 mm-hmm. that has leaf springs and five lug. Those front axles are worth six or 700 bucks if you find one. Hmm. I had one years ago. I had the whole truck, obviously. Yeah. I wonder how that would match up with the Commando. <clears throat> a little too wide. Bummer. You could narrow it. But, um, the, but if you're looking for a full-width front axle... Mm-hmm. That doesn't have the cast C's. That's where I was talking about. You have to gotcha. look at the late seventy six or seventy seven axle only. Yeah, um, but that now, project's down the road, anyways. Exactly, <laughs> and, and you know those for a low opinion front axle Dana forty four. Those those early Broncos, the last couple of years of the early Broncos, which mm-hmm. is like seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven. Those are great front axles too for swapping. Yeah, they're just they're narrower. They're five on five and a half wheel pattern. Mm-hmm. Works great for an early Jeep. Works great for a. That's that's what I was thinking. Is I can get that the forty four and the nine inch combos. I've seen them. I know a place I can get them about one hundred fifty for the pair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've seen them, you know, mildly built five, six hundred bucks for the whole set. Now, in my oh. opinion, the nine inch is not a great off road rear axle, and I think I'd like to do an episode about that sometime mm-hmm. and why. But you know, um, but still, I just like the combo. Yeah, I, I know you can build the crap out of a nine inch too. <laughs> oh, abs- absolutely! You're just giving up uh, drive shaft clearance and a few things with it. Yeah. So, but. Um, you know, I know that we're kind of running a little bit low on time, mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd like to kind of go back to with the the forty four front. Some of the 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 front axle ones you want to avoid, mm-hmm. or or let let's continue with the, the good ones. Another good one would be any of the Rubicon forty four fronts. Oh yeah, <laughs> or even the now as we discovered a couple episodes ago, the Mahindra forty four fronts. Yeah. Now the Mahindra that set's did, still available, by the way. The Mahindra did not automatically come with a locker in the front, but the Rubicons did. Yes. TJ Rubicons had an air locker. Mm-hmm. JK Rubicons had an electric locker. Yeah, and I believe in that the TJs. It's O three up on the Rubicons. I think you're right. I O three or O four. I know O three is the the split for the disc brakes in the rear. Okay, that's all I know offhand. Now. The only thing that you're giving up in the Rubicon axles is mm-hmm. you don't have the true lockout hubs anymore. You now yeah. have the unit bearings, which are not bad. You know, unit bearings they're are fairly stout. They're fairly but... stout up to about a 37-inch tire. Yeah. You know, after that or real hardcore rock crawling mm-hmm. or anything like that, you might want to talk about a, a real, you know, bearing assembly, an aftermarket bearing yeah. assembly. But I'm not I used to hoot and holler about how bad unit bearings were. Mm-hmm. But speaking of that. There is a Dana 44 unit bearing that you want to avoid, and that is the late 70s, early 80s Dodge half-ton Dana 44 front. Okay. Now, that came with a unit bearing. Um, that was the first of the unit bearing Dana 44s. A lot of those parts aren't even available anymore. I believe it. And they were problematic to start. Mm-hmm. Do not mess with a half-ton Dodge Dana 44 front that has a unit bearing front yeah. axle. Fully rebuildable hub. I don't know the exact year splits on it. If it's got the fully rebuildable you know, hubs that stick out, boom, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But then, once again, talking about Dodge, when they went to the new body style Dodge in 94 with the 94-1500, mm-hmm. the Dana 44 got vacuum disconnect. Ooh. So, now, is that a simple swap like with the, the early Dana 30s, like a little solid axle shaft and cover plate or like an ox locker kind of deal probably but i don't know what <laughs> shaft would be maybe a direct interchange i know you could buy an aftermarket shaft for yeah. that setup but just a thought you it's, know really it's not an axle worth building yeah you know at that point you might as well buy the it's just as undesirable dana 60 out of that same <laughs> dodge out of the 25 or 3500 yeah but and then there's even oddball ones where they had a 2544 front in the 94 to 01s hmm. There's only like a handful of them out there, but they do exist. Wonder why they did that. I I think it was a light duty twenty five hundred thing. Ah, I've personally only seen one at our local junkyard mm-hmm. um, before, and I remember popping my head under and going, "What the?" Because I was like, "Oh, look at a Dana sixty Dodge. Uh, ew, what is that?" You know. And, nice. Uh, and then I looked it up online, and apparently it was like less than five percent of them had him. Oh wow! But uh, no, it, it's always no desirability whatsoever. Those. You know. Yeah. So it's funny when you come across those oddball, like six month available part kind of yes. stuff like that. Anywhere it's, it's like, why did they do that? And then they just gave up first off, exactly. <laughs> or it did so bad, you know, that they just 
cut it off. Exactly. It's weird. Um, one of the other really desirable, and, and here's the thing. I don't know if they're technically considered a Dana 44, mm-hmm. but it's an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Some of the Studebaker Napco and some of the half-ton Chevrolet Napco conversion kits mm-hmm. in the late 50s were Dana 44 style fronts. I don't know if they ever officially were called a Dana 44. Do your notes mention anything about those? Uh, not in the front, but in a rear axle. Okay. I didn't. I don't recall seeing anything on the front and well, skimming over these. Since they no. weren't a quote-unquote factory and they were a, a factory installed, or a, not a factory installed, but a dealer installed item, mm-hmm. They those are, even though they're ancient technology, for somebody restoring one of those trucks that yeah. wants, like that era truck and wants to convert to a Napco four-wheel drive setup, that's something else of, of you know, desirability well, out there. But that's not for wheelable. You know, no. if you're looking for something to wheel. <laughs> if you're going to wheel a Studebaker, you're probably building the, something on different chassis. And hopefully not a factory <laughs> Napco Studebaker. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully just, not destroying one that's in good shape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of them, but it's still, that's that's a classic and vehicle, rare. man. Yeah. And rare. Yeah, don't don't hurt that, please. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that that's going to be your, your most valuable, hard-to-find Dana 44s out yeah. there are going to be your Rubicons, like we said, your MJ, XJ, TJ, Dana 44, yeah. rears. And I then- don't think I've ever actually seen one for the XJ Comanches. I've, I've come across like stuff where it's already sold, but I've never actually seen one before. I, I've run crazy. across them in the wild a couple of times. Um, I saw one up north a number of years ago actually this wasn't a comanche this was a xj mm-hmm. but there was an xj for sale it was in a grocery store parking lot and they <laughs> wanted 500 dollars for this rusty old xj hmm. and i don't know what drew me to it of course it's an old rusty jeep of course i'm yeah. gonna look at it you know <laughs> yeah so i go over and i pop under the back of it and i'm like oh my god it's a dana 44 rear one i'm like that rear axle's worth as much as they're asking for the <laughs> yeah. whole thing and i looked at it and it was a five speed probably a you Remember know, what pu- year? Oh, it was probably a puker. It was probably like an oh. 88, 87. Yeah, yeah. But it was like that stuff. But I, I was like, man, and I was like, and I was out of town. I was like five hours out of town, and I was oh. like, do I buy this? Do I, do I not? <laughs> you know, and I eventually yeah. I, I was like, no, I'm not going to buy this just to rip a rear axle out of it. But yeah. If there were enough room to flip it, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, if you know, if you want to get into the tech end, I know you're a big numbers guy, yeah. and I want to give you that opportunity <laughs> real quick. Um, you know, John, what I'm looking, you've got all this, you know, and I'm looking, and, and sometimes I end up the gear ratios. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the carrier brakes in them here in your notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you said 373 down, 392 up, which yep. means that, you know, and I know you can go all the way to five, I think it's. 38s in them? Uh, 589. 589s, yeah. And then there's a, whatever a Volvo C202 is, you can apparently get in a 617. Oh, really? Apparently. In a Dana 44? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever heard of this. Maybe the note's wrong. Like I said, it's internet notes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to trust it. Uh, that's interesting. And that that's a solid axle, or is that like one of those IFS Dana 44 things? doesn't specify. It's just in the carrier brake notes. Okay. The, under right. general specifications for it. Okay. So, yeah, there's interesting range. So generally, though, 272 to 589 is kind of the total range. Okay. So, yeah. Um, numbers and stuff. What else, what else did you want to, uh, talk about with these Dana 44s? I mean, we've covered really everything that's important. <laughs> okay. I do want to, I do want to dispel a myth with them. Okay. Um, and this is something that hopefully our listeners can, you know, if you want to argue with me, you can argue about it. Well, let's hear the detail first. And then the detail see. is there's. I want to say that I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. People try to call certain versions of the Dana 44 an Mm -hmm. HD Dana 44. Okay. Now, that has been used as nomenclature in maybe pamphlets for sales, things Mm -hmm. like that. The reality of it is there's not a lot that's really that HD slide, you know, heavy duty yeah. about certain versions of the Dana 44. 
Um, there are a couple of versions of the Dana 44 that did have heavier, thicker tubes. Mm-hmm. Now, that would be a heavier load rating axle. It does not mean it's yeah. stronger for off-road capability. Yeah. It still would have the 30, at max size, the 30 spline mm-hmm. axle shafts. So, you know, somebody, if they if you've got a true, and I know that that was available in some of the Fords early on, maybe some Dodges. If you've got that thick tube Dana 44, that doesn't mean that that is going to take a built Bigger load, a big block, <laughs> built big block, or a yeah. Cummins diesel swap into it. It's still has the same torque rating. Mm-hmm. You're still looking at the same size guts. It's just the outside's a little bigger. And it mean in the the only reason that the tubes are thicker is for the weight carrying capacity, which yeah. means you can put a bigger plow on the front of it. Mm-hmm. You can put a bigger winch on the front of it. It doesn't mean that it's stronger physically from breaking. Yeah. Only from load. Two different things. Yeah. Now the other thing is is people say any eight lug Dana forty four is automatically heavy duty, and guys, a lot of times out there are like. Oh well, it's Dana sixty, or it's you know it's a one ton axle. An eight lug Dana forty four axle is not a one ton axle. It wow. is a th- no, yeah. <laughs> it's it's essentially a half ton axle wearing one ton brakes. Yeah, making it a three quarter ton axle. <laughs> wow, the math works out there. Yeah, but man. you know. No matter what your buddy told you or your grandpa or whoever, mm. a Dana 44 front with eight lugs does not make it a one-ton axle. No. Oh, no. Now, once again, disclaimers out there. There are some oddball little packages out there. Like, for example, Quigley one-ton 4x4 vans that got a Dana 44 front. Mm-hmm. That's an aftermarket upfitter. It doesn't make it. A true one ton, like out of yeah. say a, a K thirty pickup truck or a, you know a Dodge, you know D thirty or a Ford F three fifty. So you know those never came, and and people argue about this. I've heard I've had people argue with me about this. They never came with a Dana forty four in the front. Yeah. So you know is what it is. <laughs> it's it's a funny world when you start looking at things like that. You know, it's they they take something they polish up the outside. The inside, all the internals are still the same. You're still looking at the same ring gear, mm-hmm. and they just think that it makes it that much stronger. It's, well, no. The outside, maybe, but like I said, the guts are still the same. Yeah, exactly. It's- and, you you know, <laughs> an easy way to identify the Dana Fort. So if you're kind of a novice junkyard picker, you know, barn find picker for the front axle looking for something for your project, mm-hmm. this is really important to know. The Dana 44 and the Dana 60, the, the the cover on the axles look very similar. Now, there's a size difference. Mm-hmm. The Dana 44 one's smaller, obviously. The Dana 60 is a little bit larger. But if you yeah. don't know physically and you're new to this world and you look under there, you might not know that you're, you know, in your eyeball be able to measure yeah. the difference. If you're looking at a 91 and older, so basically a 79 to 91, kind of the golden era of front axles, the mm-hmm. solid axles in the in the U.S. that were these heavy-duty solid axles, and you're looking at a big truck, and it's eight lug, if you look under there and you look at the area that the, you know, where you steer, if you mm-hmm. have ball joints... It, from that era, I'm saying, like I said, this is the golden era, 79 mm-hmm. or seven, let's say 78 to 91. If you have ball joints, it's a Dana 44. Okay. If it's good to know, is I, I don't know a lot of this. If too. you look and you have kingpins, and the way the easiest way to tell that is where the ball joints would be located, if there's a four bolt plate on the very top mm-hmm. and a four bolt plate on the bottom, that's a kingpin, and they use kingpins up to 91, mm-hmm. 93 in the Dodges. Um, but like 91 and GM and Ford, if it's got kingpins in the front, you're looking at a Dana 60, unless you're looking at a very old Dana 44. And that's why I said 78 and newer. Yeah. If you're looking at something from like 73, they did have kingpin closed knuckle Dana 44s. Those are not very desirable. Hmm. So I remember this. <laughs> but, you know, if you're looking for that, 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 heavier duty or at least you're looking for that Dana 44 it's got eight lugs you want the bigger brakes maybe mm-hmm. the larger tubes 
you want to look at something from that 78 to 91 era. Makes sense. Hopefully I can remember all this. <laughs> just listen to the podcast I was again. just going to say, I'll just have to bookmark this one. <laughs> I know. Uh, useless knowledge or useful knowledge to various people. That's, but, it's great. It's way more than I got. <laughs> That's for but, sure. Uh, you know, um, I, I've been talking a lot, and I got my <laughs> voice back, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, it's not fully back. Mm-hmm. I'm still... I still got that scratch back there, but it's been like a month of fighting this. Yeah. John, I know you've got notes over there. What am I missing? There's something you want to talk about. Uh, no, I just not really a whole lot. A couple honorable mentions as far as the evolution of the axles, and I think you Please. got one of the pages. Uh, so the predecessor was the Dana 41, and it just, I mean, the, the difference was the ring gear was an inch smaller. They oh, upgraded oh, really? from there. Okay. Yeah, I, I never even knew about a 41. Heard of them? Didn't know what they were. Yeah, I didn't either. And then find the page here. Uh, this one we discussed briefly was the Dana 45. Was that on this page? Now, that's something I've never heard of before until I saw your notes. Yeah. I lost where that page was now. Oh, there it is. Uh, so the Dana 45 introduced in the 50s, kind of geared as an upgraded axle to the 44. With 20 spline axle shafts. So a little bit stronger, a little bit better. Not not by much. So, but this was the, going to 20, eventually went to 30, but this yeah. was, this yeah, was 20 versus the earlier, which were what, 16, I think? 10, 10. and 19. 10 and 19. Depending on the yeah. years. Okay. Uh, and they don't make it anymore, but if you use a couple other parts and a lot of shims, you can make Dana 44 gears fit the Dana 45. Okay, fair enough. That was about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Just a couple of little honorable mentions I came across with it. I, I've i never heard of, you know, aside from the Dana 35. I mean, my knowledge, all the ones I knew of were, you know, the, the 25, 27, the 30, mm-hmm. 44, and the 60. Yeah. And then a couple of the really big heavy-duty ones. Okay. And I think I, I don't remember if I said the 35 or not. But. Well, on, on this axle thing... Um, you know, the next axle, if we're talking about like the, the playing on our numbers that we like to do, would mm-hmm. be 60, which would be the episode 60. Yeah. But I don't know at that point if we need to like flip a coin because to playing on that number, you've got the Dana 60 we could talk about, mm. or we could talk about the 60 series Land Cruiser, which is like one of the most iconic Land Cruiser mm. series of all times. So, you know, do we flip a coin? Do we talk about both? What do we do? We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, we got we'll we got a, when we got a little ways to go. We got a little ways to go. But speaking we'll about, we still got to decide what we want to talk to producer Andrew about in his episode. True. But, yeah. And speaking about <laughs> upcoming episodes, though, you know, as a reminder to our listeners, episode forty-eight, we are going to be talking about the F series history. Mm-hmm. Um, our two F series posts through the Museum of Offroad Adventure, uh, themora.org, or go to Facebook. You know, the Museum of Offroad yeah. Adventure. Our two F-Series posts have gone viral or semi-viral, and so we've seen that there's a lot of love for the F-Series truck out there, yeah. and so we definitely are going to do that at that episode 48. So this is, like our, this is our call out there. We still got a couple episodes. If you are really into that F-Series, you know, reach out to us. What do you want to hear? Yeah. You know, what do you want to Any know? Any specifics, let us know. Let's, you know, talk to us about that. Yeah. The, um, so we got a couple. We only got a couple weeks till that. But, it's uh, coming up quick. It is. It's coming up <laughs> quick, man. Countdown to the F series episode. Yep. But um, what else you got, buddy? Not much. <laughs> well, Not much. I mean, we pretty much nailed everything that I had or even thought it to bring up. So. Yeah. No. 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 It's good. Um, well, hopefully this has been a helpful episode to somebody. To me, it absolutely has. Getting into the jeeps, yeah. getting into you know whatever. Um, you know, I guess. Uh, uh, just before we do our sign off here, uh, you know, we did not talk about who would consider a Dana 44 axle. Okay. And I think we need to do that. The Dana 44 front, in my opinion, is somebody who is running a maybe a 38 inch to, or maybe a 35 to 38 inch mm. tire and, you know, not running it to the wall. Just, you know, yeah. it's a, a trail rig. Yeah. You know, maybe daily driver, something that's a little more mild than running a big block. If you're running a stock engine or close to a stock engine, yeah. And you're looking for a stout axle and your rig's not, I I don't think I'd run a Dana 44 in any sort of built full size rig. But if you're running Mm. a Jeep or you're running a smaller vehicle, Mm. Dana 44 might be the perfect choice for you. Yeah. It's got me thinking. 
I've always had that thought of, do I go with this or just step it right up to a 60 when I get to that point? And obviously, whatever I'm doing when that day comes will determine that. Yeah, the math of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, like you said, you know, it, it may make more sense to put the money into a stock 60 build than to build one of these. True. But, I mean, you know, to each their own, that's, like you said, more extreme versus more mild-mannered, more trail and street-friendly. Yeah, nothing so, wrong with a 44. I, no. I don't think they're fully pointless, but I think that it's, it's a purpose axle. Like, you've yeah. got to... Be in that market for that axle. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, time will tell. See what time happens. Time will tell, buddy. Well, yep. you know, I think you ought to do your thing, and we can move over to our uh, Patreon after show. That works. Well, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.